0: Hello, this is a story that I wrote for my grandson uh, a good while ago, probably last year and tonight I wanted to record it for the future because I was reading it again and realised that we're in the midst of Covid and people protesting about wearing masks and protesting about this and that, and I just wanted to record this, because looking back, there were times much, much worse. So, I'm going to do this in two parts. It was quite a long thing that I wrote. So, it's about World War II. I was born after the war, but near enough to the ending in the war to hear relatives talking about what happened in London, especially England's version of the war. So I don't want to offend anyone. I wrote it just as I have heard from people in my family. In total, 61 countries and three quarters of the world population was involved in World War Two, From 1939 to 1945, Great Britain fought. Every person, every business, and every service was involved. On September the 3rd, 1939, Germany made an unprovoked attack on Poland. When Hitler refused to stop, Britain and France declared war on Germany. Children and some women were evacuated from the cities to the countryside. They were taken away from family to strangers. Every person had to carry a gas mask Air raid shelters were built in gardens. All windows and doors were blacked out at night to make it hard for enemy aircraft to see where they lived. German bombers made frightening night raids. Families were broken up. Men went to fight, some never to return home. Shops were almost empty and what supplies were left were rationed. Great Britain is a small island so most things were bought, brought in from Europe and other countries to subsidise the things that we could not grow or manufacture. And so, on to the Blitz. In September... The German Air Force, the Luftwaffe, launched a huge raid on London. Over 350 bombers flew across the English Channel from France. They dropped 300 tons of bombs on London. Bombs that destroyed buildings, buried families in the rubble. These attacks were called air raids and this one was called the Blitz. Bombs were dropped every day and night for 11 weeks, and a third of London was destroyed. Blitz is from the German word, I think it's pronounced Blitzmeg, meaning lightning war. And on the first night of the Blitz, nearly 2,000 people were killed and wounded. In 24 nights, the Germans dropped 5,300 tons of high explosives. People were warned of coming air raids by loud sirens put up in different places. These were called Claxtons or Claxons. It was a very long, loud, sound that droned high and low for a very long time. After the raid, the all-clear was given, but sometimes raids happened when no alert sounded. Even a long while after the war, as a child living a long way from London, I could hear those alarms. It was practised for a long, long time, I suppose, the shock of the war. It was kept in case something so awful would happen again. When the alarm sounded, people stopped what they were doing and went to an air raid shelter. Most injuries were not from direct hits, but by flying pieces of debris or by bits of bombshells called shrapnel. On November the 1st, 1940, the biggest raid the world had ever seen. 4,330 homes were destroyed in Coventry, England. 554 people were killed and 200 fires burned in the city. During the Blitz, 32,000 people were killed and 87,000 injured. Very seriously. Two million houses, mostly in London. Different bombs were dropped from those planes. The enemy dropped HEs, high explosives, in all different weights. Incendiary bombs were also called fire bombs because of the huge fires that they caused, and oil bombs. One in ten bombs did not explode on impact. Some had delayed fuses, which meant they could explode at any time. It was also impossible to tell which bombs were which, they were so similar. People had to leave the area until the bombs were made safe. From 1944, two new weapons were used flying bombs the V1 and the doodlebug which made a droning noise in flight and when the noise stopped you had 15 seconds to escape its blast how terrifying if you were in its path I remember relatives in London talking about those doodlebugs how they would be dropped And just, they would hear the buzz, the sound. Always hoping that the sound would go right over their heads. Because if that doodlebug was near you and the sound stopped, it was you that it was heading for. About 9,250 doodlebugs were fired against London. And then the V2 had no sound, flew high in the air, too high to be shot down by aircraft or anti-aircraft guns. Barrage balloons were put up to force the German planes to fly higher, so it would be harder for them to hit their targets. These balloons were held by steel cables, strong enough to destroy any plane that flew into them. Britain was blacked out. In September 1939, two days before the war started, every night before sunset, all windows and doors had to have heavy blackout curtains or cardboard or paint over any place light could escape. Wardens patrolled at night to make sure all light was blocked, no street lights, Traffic and car headlights were fitted with slotted covers to deflect the light downwards, resulting in many accidents, people tripping up, falling downstairs, and bumping into things. Millions of gas masks were given out in cardboard boxes that had the instructions inside the lid. These were never needed. But the fear was odourless gas, that this odourless gas would be added to weapons. The masks had to be carried at all times. People were fined if caught without them. They were thick black rubber, hot and smelly and hard to breathe in. When you breathed in, it smushed against your face. And on breathing out, the mask pushed away from the face like a long snout. The smell of the mask made many feel sick. Children had a special mask, supposed to be like Mickey Mouse. Not. Nothing like Mickey Mouse. Babies had to wear a full head mask. The wardens had to sound a rattle if masks were needed. And then they rang a bell on the all clear. The war was a time of great anxiety for children. Many were separated from their families or they had to look after themselves while dad was fighting. And mom was working on the war effort, making parachutes, farming, riveting, and doing all the jobs men had done before the war. And they were also called up to fight. All young men, 17 17 to 27 years old, were called for national service. And this continued in England until 1963, years after the war ended. All the boys went into the armed forces for 18 months active service. And then on to the reserve list for four years. Very few young men escaped national service. Mothers had their sons taken so young. I had a brother. I still have a brother. And I can remember my mum and other mums that were my mother's age, I presume, were children, mine and my brother's age, saying how lucky they were that the war had ended and their boys would escape national service. Children were evacuated and put on trains and buses to places in the country. They went to strange families. They had one suitcase if they were lucky. They had labels attached to the suitcases and to the children as though they were parcels. They didn't know where they would go or if they would be split from their brothers and sisters to be shipped off to new homes, schools and friends. One funny thing, though, the kids discovered in the gas drills that blowing through the rubber masks made rude fart noises. So they had tremendous fun with that. Women who took over the men's work were called the Women's Land Army. They worked in the factories, on farms, made weapons, drove tanks, ambulance and fire engines, and flew unarmed aircraft. They killed rats and vermin and worked winter and summer, day and night. Food was short, so ration cards were issued. Different colours for adults and children. Also clothes, furniture and petrol was rationed. Great Britain relied on goods from overseas, so the Germans attacked the ships, bringing the supplies to make British week. At that time, Great Britain imported 55 million tons of supplies per month. The Germans soon put a stop to that. The Russian books had coupons and stamps. These lasted for 14 years until 1954. Nine years after the war ended. This is why my life was so influenced. The war effect went on for years. As kids, we had nothing. People had to queue up and wait for hours for few supplies. Each queue in a different shop. The butcher. Baker. The grocer's store. Butter was two ounces per adult per week. We eat that now on one sandwich. Four ounces of bacon, eight ounces of sugar, two pints of milk, meat to the value of, it was a shilling and twopence, about six peas worth now, cheese, two ounces. One packet of dried eggs every four weeks. Tea, two ounces. This was for a week. Jam, a pound for every two months for the family. Twelve ounces of sweets or candies every four weeks. Meat was rationed for ten years after the war. As a kid, we were given slices of bread with gravy on. To spread the food rations around clothes one complete set of new clothes once per year if you were very lucky bought very large for children to be able to grow and if they grew too fast you had to make do or darn the clothes material was in short supply so people traded ration stamps to get the things they needed we talk about the war and unless you hear stories and hear the things that happened from very close people you just never realise how much it affects you this concludes the first part of my story I will my next recording record the story from there to the end of my story and hopefully what i was hoping now is that people myself included realize how very very lucky even with the covid virus and having to wear masks the masks these days are so light they might be a bit uncomfortable or make you sweaty but They don't slap into your face and blow out like a snout and absolutely stink to high heaven. That rubber did smell. It did smell because I know dentists put a mask of the same rubber over our faces as kids to knock us out when we needed dental work done. I still remember the smell and it did make you gag. Children can put up with school, homeschooling and not having the social lives that they miss. They are not going to be put on trains with a one suitcase and a label on them. They're not going to be shipped off like parcels. Not if we all listen to what we should do. In the war, people followed the rules. Yes, because they had to and lives were at stake. This is a different type of war. So I hope I've enlightened you just a little bit and I will be back in the next recording with the other pages that I wrote about war times and one of the other things while I think about it, my grandmother lived in London, a place called Seven Kings, Essex, down a very, very, very long road. I remember walking down it so many times. It was such a long road. And in her back garden, she had a shelter. And uh, I'm sure I will cover that a bit later on. But they are things that, as a child, you never forget. And once again, we're very, very lucky. This isn't meant as a night soother, obviously. It's not meant as a relaxation tool. But it is meant to relax and calm us because... We know that our lives today still, if we're careful and follow the rules, are good. Good night.